You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, you're home. Before we go beat each other up with dodgeballs and stuff our face with chicken fries, bless this word, Lord, in all seriousness. Um, Lord, you speak, not me. And Lord, I just pray that this word is plain, it's applicable, understandable, and those that hear it can run with it. Father, I pray that every teenager in this room would have open eyes, ears, and open hearts to hear your word, to receive it. And Lord, I pray that you would plant it deep into their heart. I pray that it would find fertile soil, that you would water it and give it the increase, and that it would grow and flourish and then blossom in their life. Lord, I thank you for the honor and the privilege to preach to this group of young people. I get out of the way. You have your way. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, when it comes to summertime, this is summer at Cayo. And when it comes to summertime, I think of one thing, swimming. And one thing I tend to ask people is, where do you swim when it's time to swim? Right? Some of you have got, you know, some haven place that you go to that nobody knows about. You got Lake Venus out in Bremen or Seabury. You've got uh, Atlantis right here in Owensboro, right? You've got Combus. Is it Combus or Combus? Okay, so no offense, but C-O-M-B is comb, not, I, I, don't, I don't, when I spell C-O-M-B, it's supposed to be comb, so it should be Combus. Am I right? Look, apparently you guys don't know English. I want to see all your grades before the end of the summer. Okay, P-O-E-M, poem, P-O-E-M, poem, H-O-M-E, home. Sounds similar, spelled differently. Anyway, so C-O-M-B, Combus, Combus Pool. Uh, So that's your two options. When I was growing up, we had a place called Diamond Lake, and Diamond Lake is still there. But if I remember correctly, there's nowhere to swim. It's lame. It's probably an indoor pool which is lame in the summer because you need to get outside and get some fresh air. So we used to go to Diamond Lake. It had a beach. It had volleyball nets. It had two giant water slides. It had a high high dive. Anybody, any high divers out here? Anybody like to jump from high points? Then you had a number of low dives, you know, the ones for the itty-bitty people and like to bounce and jump on them but not go very high. The high dive was seriously. I remember one time I jumped off the high dive and I did this spin move. And I thought I was going to be so cool. I was going to like spin in midair, and I was going to go straight down. All I know is my head tilted too far forward, and I fell flat uh, on my face. I had strawberries all up and down. You know those bruises you get all up and down my arms, my legs. My, my face, fortunately, was not affected. And I thought I literally I hit it so hard you could hear it. My cousin said you could hear it. It's like that smack, that belly flop smack when you hit the water. And my cousin had to jump in and save me. But when I, at Diamond Lake, they would have this island in the middle. And most of you guys will never know what this is because it doesn't exist anymore. There was this island in the middle that had a low dive and a little another water slide. But you had to swim from like here to the middle part of the parking lot to get to it. And sometimes I used to get out there and I'm like, I got this. And you're swimming. You're like swimming, and this isn't that, was that deep cries out song that people do, like swimming motions. Carter, you know what I'm talking about. 
So he's swimming and swimming, but about halfway between here and the parking lot or the island, something happened. What do you think happened? No fishies? What do you think happened? I did not drown, but I got out of breath. <sighs> and then somebody said, do the butterfly stroke with both arms. Whoosh, that one's a real, that one's a good one. You want to get worn out real fast, do the butterfly stroke. Whoosh, both arms, wide strokes, boom. Anyway, so my cousin sees my desperate need. He just watched, I could just see he's just in the water, and he's just, <laughs> he's just laughing at me. Daryl, you okay over there? I'm good. I'm good. And my cousin's just laughing at me, and he says, come here. And he grabs me, and he throws me on his back, and he swam us all the way out to the middle. There was no way I was going to make it. I was a dead man waiting to drown in the water. But once you got to that island, it was amazing. The slide, the little dive you could jump off of, there was something else. It's where everybody was hanging out, but then you had to do something else to leave. What did you have to do? You had to swim back. So then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't do it. So my cousin already knew that. He would grab me, throw me on his back, and he would swim us to safety where the beach towels, the cooler of Pepsi was, and uh, the chips and the, the, uh, the sandwiches were waiting for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So sometimes when you get in water, you can find yourself in trouble. But sometimes we think we're not, I realized that I was not strong enough to swim in the water. And a lot of times, I used to remember, I used to tell Zariah, Zariah used to deep dive, and I don't know, what was she, five, Trisha? She used to deep dive in the bottom of the, the was it the YMCA pool? And she'd swim across and swim back, and I'm like, my gosh, when I was five, I couldn't do that. And she'd deep dive and grab something and come up, no problem. And I'm like, wow, I always told her, respect the water. Because you respect the water. You don't goof off in the water or you drown. I've known people whose children have died drowning. So you always respect the water. But if you're not careful, you can find yourself in trouble in the water when you're not ready. You with me? So today, we're going to jump in the scriptures of Matthew 14. And we find the disciples are hanging out in the water. They're not swimming like I was. Fortunately for them, they're in a boat it says in Matthew 14, it says immediately after this, and this really spins out of Trisha's message. It's very coincidental. Uh, coincidence, I think not. But it says immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. Remember, he fed the 5,000. That doesn't count the women and children, right? He sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray Night fell while he was there alone. Why do you think Jesus slept, slipped away? Why do you think Jesus got alone? We found out last week that his cousin John the Baptist had been beheaded around this same time. We also know that Jesus tends to get alone with God because that's, he's our source and that's where our strength and our power comes from. Hang with me, guys. I'm not here to just preach forever, but I do have a message for you. Jesus slipped away because they wanted to force him to be king. John 6 says, when Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. They were ready to make him king, which means there's a timing to everything. There's a timing to you on the team. There's a timing to the relationship you're in. It has a beginning, a middle, and most likely an end. 
unless you're one of those rare 2% that last the course of a lifetime. There's a certain timing to when you ask mom and dad for 20 bucks or the keys to the car. You don't ask mom and dad when they're tired and they come in grumpy and they're frustrated. How many of you guys have learned that lesson? You don't ask mom and dad anything. when they're. How many of you guys know, isn't the last thing you want somebody to ask you, how was your day? That's like the last thing you want to hear. Like, please, I don't want to answer any more questions. I've heard teachers all day. I've heard people asking me questions and making me think all day. No more questions. And your parents are like, what in the world? I just asked how their day was. Because they want to know the details of your life. They want to know all those things. But there's a timing to everything. And it wasn't time for Jesus to be made king. That was never his plan. Let's continue. Pull this up, Kobe. Verse 24. I want you guys to stick with me. I don't plan on going long. This is expositional. We're going line by line. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. Where are they? They're in a boat, right? It says, I think they're three or four miles away. For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Any of you guys ever canoed, kayaked, or rowed in here? Okay. Any whitewater rafting folks in here? Yeah, I know Tr- Trisha knows. We we've seen some crazy stuff on the white water. Um, and the I fell out of one. Uh, one guy didn't listen to the guide, and we all fell out. Stupid. Always listen to your guide. Okay. So, but they're in the water, and there's trouble, wind and waves. You know, like sometimes you got to know how to row. You got to know how to steer. So. It says about 3 o'clock in the morning. By the way, who's in a boat at 3 o'clock in the morning? Y'all are weird. (laughs) You want to go fishing? I get it. But these guys aren't fishing. They're just trying to get from point A to point B. They're trying to avoid the crowds. Remember, there's a timing to everything. Okay? So it says at 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. How many of you guys have heard this story? Jesus walking on water. It's a pretty dope story. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. I don't know about you, but I'm not sitting in a boat on the water at 3 o'clock in the morning. I can tell you a lot of times in the middle of the night, I wake up around somewhere between 2 and 3.30 in the morning. And it's not our cats, although they love to wake me up. They're like a third alarm clock, a second and third. But a lot of times, so why is Jesus hanging out on the water at 3 a.m.? Why is he doing that? I don't know about you, but I wouldn't have been looking for Jesus at 3 o'clock in the morning on the water. When you guys wake up in the middle of the night, are you looking for Jesus? Or are you going to the fridge for a snack and a glass of water? Right? Yeah, that's most of us. Yo, where's the glass of water? I'm thirsty. Thirsty people in here? Not that kind of thirsty. Get your head out of the gutter. I'm talking about water. How many of y'all thirsty in here? Water. Some of y'all just, you guys are just, I see you going back there. So you're thirsty. You need that glass of water. You need that snack. And then what? You go back to bed. But are you looking for Jesus at 3 o'clock in the morning? When you wake up at 1.30 in the morning, are you looking for him? My challenge to you is, neither were they but maybe you should be. Maybe you should be looking for Jesus at 3 o'clock in the morning. Could you stop for five minutes and say, Lord, is there something you want me to know? Is there something you want to tell me? 
Most of you guys don't think of that. You're just thinking about, and you're just like trying to find your way back to the bedroom and crash. So they're not looking for Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, if they think about hanging out with Jesus for a moment, this guy has turned water into wine. He's healed people. He's forgiven people of their sins. I mean, Jesus has done some pretty crazy, awesome, supernatural stuff. You'd think just maybe, okay, Jesus, what are you doing now, bro? You're walking on water? But here's the reality. Sometimes Jesus will hide himself from us. I want you to hear this part. This is important. Sometimes Jesus will hide himself from you. Wait, wait a minute. I thought the Bible says that he's always with us, never leaves us, never forsakes us. That's true. But sometimes Jesus will, when I say hides himself, it means he's, he's still there. But what happens when you don't feel God's presence? A lot of you guys felt God's presence at camp. A lot of you guys heard the voice of God. A lot of you guys got wrecked by the Holy Spirit and the altars. I did. But the thing is, what happens when there isn't that? Has he abandoned you? Has he left you? No. Sometimes he just hides himself because he wants to test you, challenge you. He wants to refine you. Do you know what that means to refine? Make you stronger. Make you better. See, Jesus was asleep in the boat in Matthew chapter 8. He was with them, and he calmed the winds and the waves. But this time, Matthew, he didn't do the work. Jesus didn't do anything. In fact, he was nowhere to be found. He left them hanging. They were waiting on him to come back to the boat, but they weren't going to wait any longer, and they decided to go out from point A to point B. See, it says as darkness fell, Jesus still hadn't come back, and they got in the boat, and they went to Capernaum. See, Psalm 105.19 says this. It says, and this is about Joseph, it says that until the time that his word came to pass for Joseph, the word of the Lord tested him and refined him. There's going to come times that you feel like God has hidden himself from you. You don't feel his presence. You don't get the goosebumps. You don't hear his voice. And some of this, I know you guys are so tired from the holiday, you're not ready to hear what I'm saying, so it's recorded forever and ever. But it says, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him, refined him, and challenged him. God will test you. Not test you in a bad way, but he will, sometimes, he takes a step back and he lets you deal with your problems to see how you handle things. When the person breaks up with you, how do you handle it? When you get cut from the team, how do you handle it? When your best friend stabs you in the back and starts dating your boyfriend or your girlfriend, how do you handle it? Some people are like, mm, that's kind of happened to me. When your best friend stops talking to you, how do you handle it? When mom and dad are fighting night and day, throwing skillets and frying pans to everybody, cussing up the, everybody up, up and down, how are you going to handle it? When your dad loses his job and you lose your house, how are you going to handle it? See, we think our problems are the biggest, but all of us have something that we're struggling with, that, we're, that, we're being, that Jesus has never abandoned us. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you, and he never leaves you alone. But sometimes he's taking a step back, and he's like, okay, I can't do this for them. I've got to let them figure it out on their own. 
He's right here watching and waiting. He's seeing how you handle it. He's seeing how do you respond. See, all it is is to test you, to grow you, and to stretch you. There's going to come a time in the next few months. School's going to start back. You're going to, some of you are going to a new school. It's going to be a brand new season all around you. How are you going to handle it? You're going to have different teachers and different coaches, and your friends are not going to be in your class with you. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? I'm just saying. All this is to grow you, to refine you, to stretch you. For those of you that like to work out in the room, you can't work out, you can't use work the same muscles every day because they don't expand. They have to rest and they have to expand. You have to have space. And sometimes Jesus does the same thing to make you stronger. He's got to give space. Does that make sense? If you're with me, say dodgeball. Just make sure you're with me. Here we go. We're going to keep going. I'm almost done. Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. Walking on the water. Yes. Come. Peter went over to the side of the boat, walked on the water toward Jesus. I like how this, I found something out today. When Peter's talking to Jesus, it really means the command of a king. And when a king says, do something, you do it. So he, he's like, the king is telling me to get out of the water, and he gets out of the water. He gets out of the boat and onto the water. Also, it says, Jesus says, he doesn't just say, I am here. He says, the I am is here. I want you to catch that. The I am is here. Who is the I am? Come on, Bible scholars. Where are my cross point? Where are my valor Christian people at? Where are you all at? Who is the I am? Everybody say, God. That's God. Jesus is saying, yo, fully God, fully man. Jesus, the I am is here. And when God says the I am is here, it means I have not abandoned you. Step out on the water. It's me. Don't be afraid. I'm not a ghost. Because Jesus is going to call you out onto the water soon enough. Some of you guys have embraced your callings. Some of you guys said, I'm not going to run anymore. Some of you guys said, no, I'm going to the mission field. No, I'm going to be a nurse. No, I'm going to pray for sick and dead bodies. Some of you guys are going to be like, you know what? I'm going to invite people to Cayo for the first time. I'm going to crack open my Bible, blow the dust off, and tear the wrapper off the one sitting in my bedroom for six years, and I'm going to read it. It's a joke. I hope it hadn't been that long. There's like, there's wrappers on Bibles? Yes. Jesus is calling you out onto the water. Some of you guys I have known, Sadie, I'm going to pick on you for a second in a good way. I've known you since you're what, third, fourth grade. It's been a while. And I'm seeing you grow up, and now you're going to be a freshman. Carter, same thing. You know, I've seen some of you guys just grow up. I'm so very proud of you. So very proud to see you guys grow up. Sons of Thunder, I'm proud of you guys, even though you're crazy. (laughs) I love y'all, but y'all are nuts. You truly are James and John in the Bible. Mm. Call down thunder on them, Jesus. Call down fire and burn them and destroy them. Uh, Look it up. Look it up in the Bible. Watch the chosen. It's in there. So the thing is, Jesus is calling you out onto the water. He's saying, trust me, come out onto the water. 
See, Jesus calls us out on the water to do the impossible. What is God asking of you that you're afraid to do? Zoe, great job up there. Riley, where's Riley? Where'd she go? Sorry, you're wearing a hat. You're throwing me off. What is that hat? What's up with that business? He's wearing that backwards hat, that, that Atlanta GA backwards hat. It's a long story. I'll tell you later. <laughs> Here's the thing. Actually, I hope not. Point is, Jesus is calling you to do the impossible. You guys sound great up there. I was telling Trisha. She said, we turned up the game, made some changes. I can hear you guys. Awesome. Did that feel impossible to you when you got up there on the stage for the first time? Look at you now. Look at you now. I literally took video because I'm so proud of you guys. Kirsten and Noah, who I've known for a long time. So proud of them. I'm proud. I, I literally said in the back, Trisha, I said, I'm so proud of my wife. Because when we started a worship band in 2018, because the two people we had quit just as we took over, we had no worship band. We literally called it out of thin air. And just look where we are today. It's slightly different. People grow up and graduate. Jesus is calling you to do the impossible, Dylan. But it's not impossible. If Jesus is asking you to do something, you can't fail. Without Jesus, it's not. Without Jesus, it is impossible. But Jesus is not going to call you out so you'll fail. Okay? Here we go. Almost done, guys. Jesus says, when, the, when he saw the strong wind of the waves, he was terrified. Peter was terrified. He began to sink. Save me, Lord. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Okay, let's go back for a second. He was walking on the water, but when he saw the wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord. So did Peter start walking on water? Did he? You can go ahead and shout it out. Yes. Okay, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. The disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God. Did you catch that? Here's what you didn't notice. Peter walks on the water. He starts looking two different ways, and then he begins to sink. But he took his eyes off Jesus. He's looking at the wind. He's looking at the waves. He starts to sink. But he doesn't drown like I almost did at Diamond Lake. Just like my cousin picked me up, Jesus said, yo, why so little faith, dog? I got you. Here's the thing. What you didn't catch is it said when they got back in the boat. How did they get back to the boat? How did they get back to the boat? They walked. So wait, Peter starts walking on water, looks at the wind and the waves, and he sinks. Jesus calls him out and says, yo, bro, you got little faith. Why'd you doubt me? And then it says they got back in the boat. That means the very thing Peter just failed at, Jesus literally picks him up and has him do again in front of everybody. I don't know about you, but that's pretty awesome. Yo, Peter, we just saw you sink. But then Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. We don't end the story there. I'm going to pick you up, and you're going to walk back to the boat. Sometimes you're going to sink a little, but Jesus is going to pick you up. He's going to help you walk on water. I believe God has truly called some of you guys to walk on water. See, the reality is, is some storms... Some storms are to correct us, and some storms are to perfect us. 
Sometimes the wind and the waves are to correct us, and sometimes they're to perfect us. What does that mean? It means Jesus is the author, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. Jesus is perfecting our faith every day. That's Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And it says, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Jesus begins and perfects us through our faith regardless of our doubts. How many of you guys have doubts? I'm not so sure this Bible thing is true. I'm not so sure this God thing is true. I'm not so sure that, I'm not so sure. I know somebody asked me, are we having worship tonight? And I could tell by their expression they were not looking forward to it. Yet, I saw everybody up here, for the most part, ready to worship. By the way, worship's a lifestyle. It's not just music. The devil knows music is your language. So does God. And the more you tap into God the more you're going to encounter him. See, Jesus perfects you despite your doubts. Peter doubted, but who else got out of the boat? Who else got out of the boat? Did anybody else get out of the boat? No. Jesus is looking for people who aren't scared. Jesus is looking for people who are willing to, the Bible says, if I be a fool, I'll be a fool for Christ. Jesus is looking for somebody that doesn't care what their friends say, doesn't care what people at school say, doesn't care what anybody says. Are you willing to get out of the boat and step on the water when he asks you to do something? Will you get out of the boat? See, recently, I got some news in the last couple months, and I remember I was like, God, I don't know what you're doing. And I got a journal, and I went to the park. And normally when I go to the park, and so I like to get it, the way I encounter God and spend time with Him is usually through nature. And I went to a park that had this large body of water. And I, I, I didn't want to go near there because there were people fishing, and I didn't want to like, sometimes when I want to be alone, I don't want to be around people. But I kept hearing this, this, this voice going, come to the water. Come to the water. Come to the water. And I sit at the table closest to the water. And the Lord instantly drops this story in my spirit. I crack open my Bible and I look throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and look at the whole story. It's like, God, what are you telling me? What are you putting on my heart? What are you really trying to say? He's saying, I'm asking you to come and step out of the boat and get in the water and trust me. There's going to come a time that things don't make sense to you. It's going to seem impossible. It's going to seem unlikely. It's not going to make any sense. It's going to be confusing, and you're going to have the biggest I don't know in your life. But Jesus is saying, yo, come to me. Trust me. Step out onto the water. Come. Come out on the water. Take a step. Trust me. It's scary. I remember being 15 years old, giving my life to Jesus Never got planted in a church for reasons I've gone over before. I don't need to go there. But I remember I gave my life to Jesus when I was 15 years old. I was so on fire for Jesus. I had people who didn't like me at school because I was so passionate about what Jesus had done in me. I didn't care what anybody else thought. And I wasn't in a Christian school. I was in the public school. And I really didn't care what people thought because I cared more what Jesus thought. Pastor Darrell, that's easy for you to say. You're a pastor Could it be that I'm a pastor today because I was willing to do it then? 
could it be? I know you guys are tired. That's Pharaoh. What are you getting at? I'm just saying that God's calling you out under the water. Some of you guys are old enough. It's time to serve. It's time to do something. It's time to serve this house. It's time to serve this ministry. It's time to serve God in a bigger and broader way, and God's calling you out of it, and he's going to stretch you, and you're scared, and you're going to take one step today, and you're going to want to take two steps a month from now, but you got to trust God that he's, he's leading you out on the water. He's not going to have you fail. If he's asking more of you honor, you're not going to fail. He's going to make a way where it works. If you're faithful in the little, he'll entrust you with more. And the more your heart is postured towards him, it'll all make sense. If you want to go into be in the ministry now, uh, many years from now, you start doing the ministry now. So here's what I want to, so Pastor, um, so what, Pastor Darrell, what what's your point? My point is this. Jesus will never call you to something for you to fail and for it to blow up in your face. And Jesus is getting ready to call you out on the water. He already has been. Jameson, he's already calling you out on the water. Will you step out with him? You don't have to answer me. This is rhetorical. I want you to think about it. He's already asking you. But you got to let Jesus get in your business. And you got to let Jesus get in your boat. Why? Here's why. The Bible says in John 6, it says that the disciples rode three or four miles when they suddenly saw Jesus walking on the water. This is John's perspective of the story. His is much shorter. They were terrified, but he called out to them, don't be afraid. The I am is here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and it says immediately they arrived at their destination. You know, I never saw this verse before, but Jesus is saying, hey, I'm calling you out onto the water. I want you to trust me. And the thing is, sometimes Jesus will ask you to do something that seems impossible and seems unlikely, and there's no way he would use me or you or whoever to do it. But the thing is, the moment that you encounter Jesus and you come to him, what's he do? What happens? They get right back in the very boat they just left. Wait a minute. He calls me to walk on the water, but now we're getting back in the boat. But if you notice... It says immediately they arrived at their destination. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? Because the moment you let Jesus get in your business and get in your boat, you're going to get to the destination. Pastor Darrell, the farthest thing I can see right now is a boyfriend next week that I really want. I get it. But you know what? Maybe Jesus has a better boyfriend to you than that guy who looks really cool, but he can't talk. He can't have put five words together. Pretty, um, nice, Snapchat. That's all he knows. Maybe God's got somebody better for you. You know what I'm saying? I know they're hot, but they can't put five words together. I'm sorry. You're not going to last long. And guys, if you date a girl that way, I know she's smoking hot, but it's not going to last. <laughs> Your conversation's going to go nowhere. But what if we make out? I'm telling you, it ain't going to work. You're going to have to ask them where they want to eat. Um, rock, Snapchat, poop. Sorry, guys. Your options of where to eat are very limited when that's all they can put together. Hmm. Pastor Darrell, you get what I'm saying? Okay. I'll stop here. 
<laughs> By the way, if you date somebody that that's all they can say, if this is prophetic, say bye to them now and move on. Okay? All right. So with that said, everybody focus. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes. We don't need music. We're good. I just want us to sit here for a second. I know I went a little long tonight. Longer than I wanted to. Probably five to ten minutes. I don't know. I love you guys. Trisha and I love you. We love you guys so much. And uh, I just want to challenge you. Just coming out of camp and just thinking about life, I really feel like Jesus is calling you guys out onto the water. And some of you guys, he's asking for you to, when, when to step out onto the water means that you're going to be bold in a way you've never been bold before. Or maybe there's dreams in your heart that God's put there and you don't know how it's going to happen or how it's going to work. If you would just literally let Jesus get in your business and get in your boat, you're going to get to that destination before too long. It says immediately they arrived at their destination. Another way of saying that, it, was, it felt as if it went by very quickly. Because a lot of times when we make decisions in our own strength, in our own wisdom, we make mistakes that cost us time. And timing is everything. Timing is everything. Have you asked God, should I take that job? Have you asked God, should I date that person? I'm going to tell you right now. Somebody gave me an opportunity uh, recently, and I just, I immediately just wanted to say yes because it sounded so awesome. But then I was like, no, let me pray about that because if God doesn't want me to go, I'm not going. If God doesn't want me to go, I'm not going. But I do want to challenge you. Jesus is calling you out onto the water. He's calling you to do something great. He's calling you to be bold. He's calling you to do something that maybe you're afraid to do. If that's you in the room, I just want you to lift up your hands. God is calling and asking more of me. He's asking me to step out of the boat, get on the water, and me not trusting myself. Get them high. Nobody's looking. One, two, three. Four. I saw that hand get up. Get up there, big dog. Five. Come on. Anybody else? Jesus. I want you guys to do something bold. I want you to walk to the back. You got leaders all waiting back there. I want you to, you got Trisha, you've got Caitlin, you've got Nathan, you got Ben. I want you to go to somebody. I want you to pray with them right now. Just let them pray for you. Everybody else, don't worry about them. They're doing just fine. They'll make it back. It's going to take just a few minutes. If that's you, and you feel like Jesus is asking more of you, you know it. You're running from it. I just want to ask you, like, what's, what do you, just like Peter, why, why so scared? Why so little faith? Why so scared? Lily, are you scared? I know you think I'm going to embarrass you. I promise I'm not. Lily, I see a boldness in you. Lily, I see such a strength in you. And I've seen it for such a long time. And I just really feel like God is really asking more of you. And I know sometimes you're just kind of like, no, not me, not me, not me. Uh, just not me. Anybody but me. Does that sound about right? Yeah. He's saying, like, anybody but me. But I feel like the Lord's calling you out to do something big. And, uh, you know, it's like baby steps. You just take one step at a time, and you don't have to figure it all out. Okay?
Lily, I love you. And when I say that, I mean, like, he's not going to let you fail, okay? He's not. He's asking you to do it. He'll make it work. It may not look like the way you want it to, but it'll work, okay? You can go to college. The money can be there. You can do what you've always wanted to do. Don't talk God out of it. It's real easy to talk God out of it to you, but you can't. He'll make it work. Don't worry about how it's all going to work. Don't worry about how home's going to work. He'll make it all work. The Lord has a call on your life, Kirsten. Keep going. Keep going. Don't talk yourself out of it. Keep going. I told you that last week. Keep going. Anybody else? I've got a leader that needs somebody to pray. He, they're dying to pray for somebody. I'm just kidding. If you guys, hey, if that's you and you feel like that's me, step out of your chair for a second. There's plenty of time for dodgeball. Don't worry. I feel like somebody says it hurts when I do something that Jesus asked me. Sometimes it hurts because it's challenging you. Sometimes it hurts or you feel like it goes south somehow. And you're, it's almost like you're afraid to, hmm, I don't know if this makes any sense to somebody, but it's almost like you're afraid to step out because you're going to be disappointed. And the thing is, like, you know, you're going to be disappointed, but you got to remember it's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. You're putting Jesus on display. You're putting Jesus on display. It's not about you. Does that speak to anybody in here like it hurts? Like sometimes going out on a limb, it hurts. I know you're probably, you probably don't want to lift your hand, but if you, like, please don't. Before the end of the night, say, hey, that was me, so I know I'm not crazy. Okay? Everybody stand to your feet. And. Who's glad they get to stretch? All right. All right, with that said, let's, let's bow our heads. We're going to pray. Lily, you got this, I promise. Lord, bless everybody in the room. As you're calling us out under the water, you're calling us out into faith and not doubt, and even amidst our doubts, you're building and you're strengthening, you're challenging, you're growing, and you're refining us. You're calling us to do the impossible, and we can't fail when you are calling us to something, regardless of how we think it might look like or how it should or how it might happen or why. we got to stop asking that question and say, yes, Lord, send me. Yes, Lord, send me. Just get, let him in the boat. Step out on the water. Get right back in the boat at some point, and you'll be right where God wants you to be, always wanted you. You can't lose time. God redeems time. Lord, bless everybody in the room today. Thank you for what you're doing. And Kayo, thank you for what you're doing in the leaders. Thank you for what you're doing in these students. What an honor. Bless them in Jesus' name.
Amen.